0: This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be on Madam Secretary? Well, my friend Addie was a former State Department worker, so she can tell us all about it. Hi, everyone. I'm Alice, the social media manager for Jubilance, and today I'm talking with Adeline Joshua. Adeline was born and raised in Brooklyn before she moved to D.C. to attend Georgetown University. While there, she started working for the State Department and was offered a position right after graduation. She worked there nonstop with brief stints at the World Bank, and now she's at USAID on the Pakistan desk. She recently received her Master's in International Development Studies, heading to Ghana for her thesis from George Washington University. We'll be talking to Addie about working in the government, being a girl boss, and gender. So thanks, Addie, for joining us. Thank you, Alice, for having me. Awesome. Um, We just like to start with some sort of like rapid fire questions. Okay. Five guys or in and Five guys. Easy. (laughs) Chocolate or cheese? Chocolate. Lip gloss or lipstick?
1: Lip gloss. I'm wearing some now.
0: (laughs) Jane Austen or Disney?
1: Jane Austen, but I'm counting Clueless in this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Your favorite bachelor of all time?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. They're all so despicable in different ways. (laughs) I don't know. He wasn't technically like a bachelor, but on The Bachelorette, I guess he technically was a bachelor for The Bachelorette. Um, Ryan of Trista and Ryan, since they're still together and they seem like the realest couple. So (laughs) I'll go with that.
0: (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) Can you talk about what it was like growing up in Brooklyn?
1: Sure. Um, Brooklyn's awesome. I feel like it's changed so much over the years. Every time I go home, it's just, like, completely different neighborhood. Um, It's really like a melting pot. Like, literally on one side of my block, you could get these amazing baked goods and bagels from, like, the Jewish bakery and the Hasidic Jewish community. And, like, on the other side of my block are, like, amazing Caribbean grocery stores. Um, where you can just get really great, authentic Caribbean food. So I I really enjoy working, I mean, living there and uh, getting to know all these different cultures.
0: And what's been your favorite part about living in D.C.? You've lived there for 10 years now.
1: Yeah, D.C. is great also in its own way. Um, It's a little bit slower paced than New York, which is saying something because D.C. is a really vibrant community as well and um, tons of people live here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love it because it's, it's a different atmosphere. I feel like you get kind of that, like, southern hospitality charm of it, plus the accessibility is like second to none. I mean, all the public transportation here is just really great for me. So um, I've really enjoyed getting going around and exploring the, the city.
0: And you've traveled everywhere in the world, um, like so many places. What's been your favorite place so far?
1: Let's see. I, I mean, I've been to really cool places, but I enjoy the trips where I get to hang out with my friends and enjoy those places. So, like our trip to Canada together, that was super fun for me. Our recent trip to California to see our friend Julie's wedding, um, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, I, I love going on trips with friends.
0: Oh, and also for everyone on this podcast, Addy's my best friend. So just to, just to specify so you can, so you know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you talk about, um, the, some of the biggest cultural differences that you've seen between all these different places that you've lived and been in the U.S.?
1: Um, yeah, I think definitely that, um, that difference in Southern hospitality, I guess you'd say, like, you won't be uh, called out for cutting somebody off trying to get onto the metro. <laughs> there definitely isn't that like intensity in the mornings, although it, it does get pretty intense early morning during the early morning commute, but I feel like New York commuting is next level, so I'm glad I don't have to deal with that.
0: Yeah. Um, And Can you talk about your process of getting to USAID? You came from the State Department and you worked your way to the Pakistan desk. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: So I actually joined the, like you said, I joined the State Department um, straight out of college. I was involved in in an internship program in college um, that allowed me to get hired and competitively right after. So that was like one less thing I needed to worry about, uh, senior year, which was really great. Um, and then I've been at the State Department for seven years. It's Crazy how long, that, how long it's been, how fast it's gone. Um, and yeah, last year I uh, got a notification for this new State Department USAID exchange program for employees. And I applied, not knowing if I would get in, and I did. And so I've actually been um, working as a temporary hire with USAID uh, for a year now. um, But I will be staying on permanently as a desk officer for Pakistan. So I'm really excited about that, actually. It's a really great place to work.
0: Yeah. And what's been the most rewarding thing about being at USAID?
1: I guess working as a desk officer, I'm sort of a go-between for... Our office in DC and our offices uh, throughout Pakistan. Um, so collectively, we call the office, the USAID offices in Pakistan, the Pakistan mission. Um, so I act as a go-between for the mission and for DC. And being the go-between, I, I get to sit in on really interesting meetings with um, the private sector, with NGOs, um, with other interagency counterparts, and um, getting to hear all these different perspectives on development just it enriches me and it's just really been a great great experience.
0: And you also had some international experience um, researching in Ghana can you talk a little bit about that and your project that you were working on for your thesis for your master's?
1: Sure so my uh, master's thesis was um, a project that I worked on with a, a group of other grad students Um, we studied uh, gaps in implementation um, for basic education for uh, children with disabilities in Ghana. So um, Ghana has a lot of these really incredible inclusive education policies, but we wanted to see what the reality was on the ground and how these policies were implemented. So we had a chance to uh, visit some schools and Um, speak with local stakeholders, and that was a really incredible experience as well to see that.
0: So we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor, Gbilance for PMS. It's a daily supplement that helps you be you. Gbilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of PMS. That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. And thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women. And this is the real deal. Jubulance isn't just a product. It's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilant Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. And Addie, can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to in quarantine?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I'm hanging out at home a lot. So, uh, I mean, that's been nice. I get to spend time with my, my cat, Cheddar, <laughs> who seems to love having all the attention now. Uh, what else am I doing? I uh, I bought an adult coloring book, which has been really fun and stress-relieving for me. <laughs> but also getting more opportunities to do this with friends, like um, Zoom chats and um, movie nights through Netflix. That's been fun. So. Actually, I feel like I'm connecting more with friends than I have in the past because we all live in different parts of the country. So it's been really good to to do this.
0: Yeah, it's been really good to see you so much. It's, it's so <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and something that I ask always on this podcast is what is your definition for womanhood? Um, I know it's probably something that can shift like five minutes after you even have this conversation with me, but, um, for you right now, right at this moment, what is your take on being a woman?
1: I guess my definition of womanhood would be contributing that other side of the story. So I feel like, especially in development, um, there are a lot of issues with making sure that the gender perspective is always taken into consideration when designing projects. Um, I know with, um, like right now with COVID-19, a lot of people are concerned about the implications that COVID-19 has on women and how staying at home, um, in possibly dangerous situations with partners and spouses could lead to increased, um, instances of violence on women and how like, pregnant women aren't even considered when developing these drugs, like testing on pregnant women to see how these effects, um, to see how, uh, what the effects would be. Um, So being able to contribute that perspective, making sure that we have that perspective included at the table is important.
0: And I'm curious too, I know like our idea of being a woman and being female and gender um, is constantly shifting. But um, you've lived in Spain, you were in Ghana for quite some time. Um, did you see a difference in what gender is and how we define it in these different cultures and countries?
1: How gender is defined? I mean, I guess it comes down to the roles that women play in these countries. So um, in a lot of countries in Africa, women are A lot of women are primarily smallholder farmers or contribute to the um, unofficial economy um, as um, like um, running small scale businesses and things like that that don't always get counted. Um, So it's like women are out there doing the work but they aren't really getting credit for it in the uh, grand scheme of like how we count people contributing to the economy. So that's an an interesting area,
0: and it's something that we
1: need to shed more light on.
0: And uh, if a woman were to walk up to you today and you just had one piece of advice to give them about, it could be about anything, uh, what would you tell them?
1: Uh, So I guess one helpful piece of information that I always try to remind myself is to not get caught up in what other people are doing. Because you know, and I, I, social media does not help at all with this. Like, it could be really hard to not compare yourself to like other people's success and how other people were able to get to where they are, maybe faster. <laughs> um, but reminding yourself that you know we all have our own journeys to take, and it's all those things—the bad and the good—that make that make you who you are and get you where you want to go. So. Just like keeping that perspective is always really helpful. So just do you.
0: Amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's something I really need to keep in mind at all times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Addie, what is next for you? Who knows? I mean,
1: hopefully going outside. <laughs> That'll be nice. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Visiting New York. Exactly. <laughs> in a Sunlight. Long while. <laughs> When it's less scary, the little things. Is there anything else you'd like to add to our listeners?
1: You know, hang in there, you know, stay home. That's the best thing we could all do at this point, and stay healthy.